0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Telework on a fairly large scale has settled in for most federal agencies, and that includes defense components learning just how flexible they can be. A case in point is the Air Force Materiel Command. That's topic A in this week's edition of the DoD Reporter's Notebook by Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. So, Jared, is this the first agency to just, as you say, openly riff about the idea that, yeah, this uh, telework is going to go on for quite a while? It's not the first agency to say that.
0: And we've heard from so many senior leaders in DoD who are, frankly, surprised at how well things have gone, have gone, considering that they had to switch to this all-virtual environment relatively quickly. And not only did, you know, for the most part, things not break, not just from a technical perspective, but from a workflow perspective, you know, a lot of folks have just been more productive. And I think that's created a lot of surprise among senior leadership. So that kind of thing is not new. What is new here is this is the first large organization I can think of that's actually taking concrete steps to potentially extend telework beyond the pandemic. So Lieutenant General Arnold Bunch, the commander of Air Force Materiel Command, says he's looking at or, or he's a- asked his folks to look at every single one of his civilian position descriptions to see, is this job more conducive? To to telework based on what we know now than uh, than than what we thought when the position description was first written, which I think is potentially a really huge step depending on how rigorous they are about it. It may not affect too many existing employees and it just just because these are these are job descriptions that would most likely influence how hiring is done in the future and how they how they actually fill open positions. But nonetheless, I think it's significant that a large organization like that is is really, as I said, taking concrete steps to plan for more telework beyond the pandemic and general bunch also made the point that if they really do move into a more permanent telework environment it's potentially huge savings, obviously, for real estate costs, may not need as many cubicles, may not need as many buildings.
1: Yeah, they don't put it in terms of we can cut costs by saving real estate. But there seems to be in the back of people's minds that idea that they could at least be more, I would say, efficient, efficient with the space they have or the space they won't need anymore. And also, to some extent, efficient with people's own time, because you hear a lot about the fact that nobody's going to miss the commutes to places like the Pentagon or wherever the commands might be located.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and, and there are some There are some potential things to be worried about, and General Bunch raised a couple of these, and and, and one is... You know, the things on the DoD side, the the technological solutions that the department stood up, and again, I I still think it was an incredibly impressive feat, as as quick as they managed to get commercial bandwidth up and running, orders of magnitude more than what they had in terms of pipelines and in terms of VPN connections and standing up Microsoft Teams, the DoD version of that. How sustainable are all of those solutions is one question I think a lot of commanders are asking. You know, is this stuff that we stood up on an emergency basis really going to stand the Test of time, and and are these emergency authorizations that were put in place to enable that? Are those going to be extended, you know, post pandemic? So that's one concern, and then the other is just cultural. I mean, I think in a lot of DoD organizations, especially as he says, it's got to mean something to be part of the Air Force, and you you, you cannot always simulate that. Over a zoom call um, in terms of building and sustaining the culture of an organization so those are a couple things to uh, be potentially worried about. And then another that I've heard a lot more lately from senior DoD officials is that yeah folks are you know surprising us at their productivity but. The, the gotcha there is we need to make sure that people are setting for themselves some lines between where their work life stops and where, where their work life starts and where their home life starts. In other words, you know, the fact that your home is also your office now, can you set clear boundaries for yourself and, and not work until 11 o'clock at night just because you can?
1: We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, and I wanted to change gears here and talk about your item on Space Force which says the boss there says his service needs to say small to stay small to succeed and of course that's the opposite of what we usually hear most commands and most forces want to be magnets for the shavings of billets and so yep. kind of unusual to hear someone say let's stay small yeah, that, that's exactly right. And that, again, that's why I thought it
0: was significant enough to mention in the notebook this week. As you say, there are powerful incentives in any bureaucracy to try to continually get more resources, get more funding, get more people, build your stature within the organization. As far as what we're hearing from General John John Raymond, the the commander or the, the chief of Space Operations is actually his title, the, the 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 service chief for the new Space Force. He sees a lot of virtue in being small, so he sees that as a as a feature, not a bug, and wants to stay that way he thinks it makes for a more agile organization and he thinks that that's how the space force is going to have to operate if it's going to um if it's going to counter uh, threats to to US space assets in the future because he says there's a lot of catching up to do on that front. There there are a couple reasons uh, that that the Space Force might be able to stay smaller and more agile than the other military services. And the other, the, the main one is that since it is kind of um, just splitting off a lot of Air Force functions, a lot of the enabling activities, as they call them, things like logistics and IT, can actually stay with the Air Force. And the, the, the Air Force can provide those as a service to the Space Force. Space Force doesn't need to build its own stuff in that area, and it can really just focus on things that are... Unique to space. But but General Raymond says that, you know, far from trying to build the organization, they're looking for ways to cut headcount at headquarters. So they were planning, for example, for more than 1000 people at Space Force headquarters, when the organizations fully stood up, they've cut that back to about 600. And then out in the field commands, they've cut Um, two layers out of the command structure compared to what the the sort of legacy Air Force structure looked like. So again, he seems to think that there's a lot of virtue in being, you know, flat, nimble, agile. Um, And it'll be interesting to see if this is just one commander's idea or if that's going to be kind of baked into
1: the culture of the Space Force going forward. It strikes me that this could be in some ways a thinking model for all of DOD because as it faces new threats around the world, and as the costs just keep going up and up and up and resources become more limited, that idea of agility, leanness uh, seems to be coming into a lot of the leaders' thoughts. This big, ponderous post-Cold War but Cold War-inspired effort to military operations may not serve well in the future, and maybe this could be a leading edge to prove that. Rhetorically, you're right. I think
0: we're every single military service is is, is, is kind of talking that Agility game, but I have not seen any concerted effort to go out and cut out a lot of bureaucracy Um, And I think potentially the most significant model that the Space Force might offer is that flatter Command structure. I mean, cutting out two entire echelons is, is a very big deal. And if it works, it could potentially serve as a model for the Air Force. But what doesn't work that, that that is probably much harder to emulate across the services, the thing the Space Force has going for it is that it's going to be able to lean so much on the Air Force's enabling activities, because those have got to come from somewhere, whether they're another military service or a defense agency. They can't just not exist. You can't not have a logistics enterprise and not have people running IT for you.
1: Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First,